0: Welcome to episode seven of that book podcast. Oh. We're your hosts. I'm Julianne. And I'm Andrew. We have some great books for you this week. Andrew, tell us about them.
1: All right. So we got some like uh, Dune and Chase the Fun from mm. uh, from last week, uh, but also some new books. Some are audio books, which is pretty cool. Mystery. Uh, some are mystery books, but also there's more. Some than... are
0: just mysterious because you can't see them on the table yes. if you're watching. Yes,
1: exactly. And uh, I got a slideshow later about um, a way to make... Money fun, even in a business, which is, uh, I think, pretty cool. It's a really good book, so stay we, tuned for We that.
0: read a lot of books about money, but I promise this one's interesting. So.
1: <laughs> I think they've all been interesting. Yes, yeah, so that's true. Let's jump into it. <laughs> As promised last week, I finished Dune.
0: Yay! Yes.
1: Um, I mean, I I had only like 16 pages left, so it makes sense. There's also an appendix at the end, though, that's like 60 or so pages, and I finished that too. You so. read it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I really liked this book. I was like, show me everything. And the appendix was a little bit more background. On, um, I think one of them was about uh, religious practices. One of them was about like uh, plant life. And that sounds like it could be boring, but it actually was really good and fit within the narrative and was really cool. So, but uh, there's more books, which there were so many listed at the front that I was like, I don't know how this is structured, but now I know what the sequel is and it sounds pretty good because there's an afterword by uh the author's son uh, frank herbert's son uh, brian i believe who also like carried on the series so there might be more dune books to come um well but really enjoyed it 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 was really good so i
0: just i just have something to say the reason i'm so impressed about you reading the appendix is that i really enjoyed the lord of the rings books when i finally convinced myself to read them Uh um in college, which is just a whole other thing. Like, I just feel like <laughs> college is a time in your life where you will try things that didn't previously entertain you because you're just so desperate to not...
1: To procrastinate, Yeah, I think. yeah. to not be
0: studying, basically. Yeah. Um, so I read The Lord of the Rings during that time of my life, mm-hmm. and I still could not bring myself to read, read the, appendix- the appendices at the back of yeah. book through even though I was really enjoying the series and I really wanted to and I was ah. even talking to people like on Goodreads and stuff and one okay. of my friends was like, oh, she's like, some of them are uh, but some of them are really good, like they have some backstory on these characters that we both really enjoyed and I was nice. like, great, I'm so excited and I've never read them.
1: Well, that's so okay. So
0: I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. I did it. Okay.
1: <laughs> good job. What's your first
0: book? Um, it's, it's just the Fun. I talked about this one last, last
1: yes.
0: week. Yes. I also read a couple, well, we were listening to a couple of Agatha Christie books together, so I thought maybe we could talk about those ones next.
1: Agatha Christie books. Um, So, yeah. So, last week we were talking about Dead Man's Folly and how we had a couple of of little theories and they didn't end up panning out. No. But Julianne did do a really good job towards the end of, like, figuring out puzzle pieces and and what was going on. I feel
0: like what I said last week on the podcast was sort of right, but also terribly wrong at the same time.
1: (laughs) I, okay, I didn't feel like anything we said on the podcast was right, but I do feel like when we, when we listened, you know, we had, we were only like two-thirds of the book through, so we read another, we, we listened to like another hour, and then you're like, oh, this thing, and then that ended up being, so, so you did a good job. Um, Thank you. I think, yeah. And then now we're on, we've almost finished, uh, what's it called, Cat Among the Pigeons.
0: Cat Among the Pigeons, yep.
1: We've almost finished Cat Among the Pigeons, um, and I have no idea who did it. Neither. Um, but... What did you You said something about the romance.
0: Yeah, like all I all I really know about this book is that I called the romance thread that's starting. <laughs> we'll see if it lasts. Yeah.
1: You were like this romance thread. I was like, what?
0: No, Ooh, maybe.
1: And uh, looks it's looking pretty promising. So yes, a good job. I
0: said I said it's those two, and he was like, "No, they hate each other," and I was like, "That's why it's going to be those two. Yeah, that's how it goes. I've read a few of these Agatha Christie, books. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know what's going on. You know
1: what's going on. How many Chase the Fun days is? Because it? it's a, like a daily. It's like a one a day. Yeah, kind of I think
0: I've read like four days. I don't, I don't know. know this it's, week. Yeah,
1: total. this
0: week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, I didn't make a lot of progress on Chase the Fun, but I am reading it, and it is still good. Yeah. Um. Okay, should I go on to another book?
1: Um, No, no, I can do another book. Okay. Uh, Julianne got me Survive and Thrive, which is really nice. She got me this and another book that that I'll probably dig into now that I'm done with Dune. It is the uh, prequel, I believe, to the Hunger Games series. I didn't read them. I watched the movies, um, but um, I'm excited to to get into that. But she got me this and uh, that other book because I've been doing some good housework around the house, I guess. Um, So it's a little reward, which is very fun. Um, and uh, and I,
0: by by housework he doesn't mean like cleaning although he does that too he oh, means yeah. like um, installing large furniture pieces or like taking down a bookshelf that was built into the wall and like repainting and all of these things so yeah yeah those were like a little thank you gift
1: yeah doing a little bit of time and, and I get know. the
0: ideas for yeah. all these books because we go to bookstores and then he doesn't buy things and then I'm like haha.
1: And <laughs> are <You're> like, hmm. <laughs> and uh, I've been putting stuff in my Amazon wish list. We have yep. like our own books wish list and stuff. So mm-hmm. so yes, thank you, Julianne, yes. for this book.
0: It's good to have them separate because this that's how I found Survive and Thrive. Yes. And if I had like gone to just a random shared wish list, if we like added books to it, I probably yeah. wouldn't have remembered whose was whose. Yes. some of them. Yeah. So got this
1: book. Um, It's by John Meese. He, <clears throat> he worked... Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, we're back. Uh, it's by John Meese, and he worked with Michael Hyatt with uh, some of his ventures for a long time. Um, and now he's striking it out on his own, and he's got a lot of really cool tips, and he's just a really cool guy. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, this book seems awesome. And it's called Survive and Thrive How to Build a Profitable Business in Any Economy, including This One. Um, and he wrote it um, in 2020. So he means like this, like, you know, what's what's been coming out of um, the, the, the COVID, um, all of the stuff that's going on um, economically. And so he's like, hey, we got this. Um, and I haven't read very much. I just started it a couple days ago. But um, I really liked, he said, profit is like my report card for how much I'm, how, how well I'm serving others. That's so cool. And I thought that was really cool. So already great line uh i'm hooked and it's just a really um like he started and he's like sorry i'm not trying to be all all debbie downer on you um but i was actually getting kind of hyped by reading what he thought was (laughs) debbie downer because i was so um so yeah i'm i'm enjoying this i'm excited it's real short um so just packed with encouragement and a little practical tips so i'm i'm excited about that
0: that's awesome yeah um the next the one of the books that i read this week i actually feel like i didn't do a lot of reading this week so this is probably why I'm like, I've only read Four Days on Chase the Fund or whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, one of the books I read this week was Take Back Your Power by Deborah Liu, I think is how you pronounce it. I think it that's how, that
1: is how she said it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel bad because we saw her at the Global Leadership Summit, summit yeah. so I know that they pronounced her name correctly there. I just don't remember. <laughs> it's been too long. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this is a book for women in the workplace. It's about like navigating... Um, the challenges of being a woman in leadership. Um, There's a quote on the back that I think kind of sums up the idea of the book pretty well. And it says, you can't make the world fair, but you can take back your power. So she's really explaining like, okay, you know, you may have these things stacked against you, either other people's opinions or just the way that the system works. And here's how you continue to serve and thrive in your role in spite of that. So it's been very like empowering the the language on the book cover and stuff feels very like, maybe like more aggressive than I would want to pick up and read if I hadn't like heard her speak and kind of yeah. heard her heart. Um, but then once you open the book and hear it, it's not aggressive. It's very about, it's very much about, um, uh, I, I don't know how to phrase it, but it's, <laughs> it's about like being who you are not um, staying silent because you think that you're supposed to, mm-hmm. um, but actually like appreciating your own voice and believing that you have value to bring to an organization and also opening the door for others to do the same.
1: Yeah. Which um, is really cool. So I didn't realize that you were almost done with
0: it. I am almost done with wow, it. I started it awesome. a few months ago, made some pretty quick progress because mm-hmm. it's, it's not a hard read it. There's a lot of stuff to think about, but it's not hard to read. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of took a break from it. So I, I think I should be able to finish it soon. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. All right. My last book of the week, um, is not one I read physically. Um, it is, uh, I talked last week about um, about Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And this week, the library, uh, my hold came through on Libby uh, slash Overdrive. And I got uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, which I'm really excited about.
0: I can't believe you're reading more Malcolm Gladwell books than me. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's great. I think these are the first ones that I've actually read. So um, I'm...
0: Okay, uh, so I'm still yeah, ahead, but yeah. I think I'm only like... One book ahead. Oh,
1: well, I haven't finished it. I'm only like like a third or halfway through, um, but it's really good. And he's talked so far about, he's talking about like what makes like the truly great successful people that we kind of um, borderline idolize sometimes, like how did they get their success? What made them these outliers? Yeah. And he said it's a lot less um, like grit and determination uh, than we usually think. Because obviously in order to get that successful, you have to be, Gritty like and determined. Gridding, determined yep. and, and, and um and all that. But he says there's actually a lot more that goes into it. Um, and for instance, like 14, I think it's the 14 of the 75 richest people in history were born in the mid, in this like 20 year period um, in the mid 19th century um, because of the, like the way that the American uh, industry was going. And so, you know, Rockefeller... Uh, Andrew Carnegie, these people that were like in the oil, all these things that were, that were rising, these huge booming industries. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, it's like, if you're born in that 20 year period, you had a much higher chance of being one of the top 75 richest people in, the uh, entire world. in history yeah, uh, than, than, you know, born outside of that. Right. And mm-hmm. so there's these things. And uh, he talked a lot about, I heard this before, probably, it probably came from Malcolm Gladwell's, um book, uh, but like people in NHL. Uh, most of them in like sports in general tend to be born right after the cutoff. So they're like the oldest people in their age group in that sport.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So in hockey, and I think you said soccer in particular, um, because they're just a little bit bigger. So when they're a little bit bigger, then they get selected, you know, and and a little bit more coordinated, uh, especially younger, then they tend to get to be on more all-star teams. And so then they get more and more practice. And so as they get more and more practice and special coaching, then they're even better. Then so the, the gap kind of widens over time as as uh, as that that gap continues to grow that's over the course of the years. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, that's uh, that's really cool. So he talked about that. I think I think he called that um, like first mover, um, and uh, this like being in a in the born in the right time that makes it possible to have that have that advantage, um, and then also uh, ten thousand hours being like kind of the the faster you can get to working ten thousand hours in something. Um, the more likely you are to be really successful. So he's like Bill Gates was able was one of the few people um, really in the world that was able to spend as much time on computers as he did mm-hmm. um, in this like really ripe time for computer innovation. Um, and so him and, and a few others were able to you know Steve Jobs um, knew the knew the boss of Hewlett Packard and was like talking to a bunch and and so all of these kind of like um, uh, this this time that they were able to spend on it. Um, so there's a lot of really cool. Uh, stuff and I'm I'm really excited to see how he ties it all together because maybe I'll be like oh yeah they're outliers I got some some stuff that I can do with this I'm not that outlierish but you know I like I'm gonna take what I can get and and do it to the best of my ability and, and serve the world survive and thrive yes
0: <laughs> bringing it all together bringing it all together that's so funny okay. The other book I've been reading this week. I'm excited. Um, it's called The Handbook of Home Design by Laura Jane Clark. I'm holding it up um, to the camera right now. You may not be able to see it. It is a beautiful book. It's it quite is beautiful. teal. It has this like lime green um, binding. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I'm also obsessed with it because it's written by one of the architects on one of our favorite like home improvement t- TV shows. Mm-hmm. It's It's a British show called your homemade perfect and they take these architects in um, and they create designs for problematic houses and then they show like in VR, they take the homeowners there into the VR and they can kind of see like how it would be if they made the architectural changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're
1: always very, like the two designs are always very different and so you get to see a lot of the inspiration and like the mentality that goes into what these architects designs are um, on the screen in front of you doing the show so it's really, really cool and. One of the, the mainstays of the show, Laura Jane Clark, just came out with this book.
0: Yeah, so she's talking about basically ha- um, the subtitle is An Architect's Blueprint for Shaping Your Home. I haven't gotten super far into it because right now she's just been talking about um, basically why houses stink and...
1: <laughs> specifically in Britain?
0: Specifically in Britain, yes. But she's, maybe,
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's
0: she's mostly talking about in Britain, but there certainly um, are things in here where she's... Uh, she's also speaking to american audiences not so much in terms of like the history but in terms of like um she talked about you know she's going to help you whether your budget is something that and then she translated it to dollars you know it was like something in pounds translated it to dollars or something in pounds trans- translated it to dollars so that was helpful um but yeah she's been talking about just like different architectural movements and how the british are like really emotionally attached to Victorian style houses, (laughs) which I don't think we have the same problem here as much. Um, and she's like, you know, there are problems with that because like you have a Victorian style house and your kitchen's going to be small. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way. Yeah. And, but you know, when architects first tried to start building like more modern designs, people were like, no, (laughs) (laughs) we don't like this. This is ugly. But We want our same furniture. Like, (laughs) um,
1: but now they're like, oh, our kitchens are tiny. Why is that?
0: Yeah, not- now they're like, why aren't our homes built for our lives? Ah. Uh, um, so interesting. So that's been really interesting. She's getting to the part in the book, I'm, you know, I'm not very far in, but she's teaching you how to, like, use architectural um, notation, basically, in mapping out your own house so you can kind of see where the bad parts are. Yeah, that's really cool. It's like a so.
1: nice blend of practical and...
0: Absolutely. And I don't know how much I'll be able to use the architectural aspect of it. Yeah. I'm just... 'Cause I really do like the layout of our house for mm-hmm. the most part. I just am really fascinated by it and oh, yeah. so I'm enjoying myself. And it's a beautiful
1: lot. and she's great and so oh, we're so having fun. a good time. Yeah. So does that conclude our first segment?
0: It does include our first segment. Are you ready for your book recap?
1: I'm ready for my book recap. Okay. Book report slideshow thing.
0: Is that this a good is height? great. Okay.
1: All right, so um, again for those of you watching, uh, you can follow along on the on the slideshow with me. For those of you not, I will be explaining everything. Um, in detail, like how this is a cool um, blue and uh, it's white with some orange and blue, just like the cover of the book, Profit First. Oh, It's excellent. white with some orange and blue.
0: Wow. I'm feeling pretty
1: good about how on theme my, my slideshow themes have been. Yeah. So Mine
0: are just like, oh, I like this template. Let's go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, what feels like the book? And, nice. uh, that's what I've been trying to go with. So this is Profit First by Mike McAllowitz. Um, transform your business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. And uh, I talked about it a little bit last week, um, so I won't try to. I'll try not to repeat myself too much because um, uh, I had just read it last week, um, and it was so good that I went through it um, all uh, really fast. So, working on those house projects that got me uh, my books that, that Julianne got for me. So. It's like
0: this endless cycle of books.
1: It's a it's a, a virtuous cycle.
0: <laughs> yes. And they say like a,
1: a a, a downward spiral this is a a upward spiral it's great (laughs) how long did it take to read i think it was three days and i put a little sunglasses emoji
0: good job
1: mm. and uh Uh,
0: you did listen to it right you weren't like reading it yeah i was listening
1: i was listening to it while i was um while i was applying some some uh polyurethane finish to the to the bookshelf which is basically like painting so it did not take a lot of brain work um, so I was able to to listen to Profit First. But it did take a lot of time, so I was able to to, to crank through Profit First in that time. Um, but it still feels pretty good. Yeah. Still feels... Great job. Still feels good. Um, how many things I highlighted slash underlined? I said zero. Uh, slacker, I know. Um, <laughs> but as Julianne said, it's because I read it, uh, because I listened to it on audiobook through um, Hoopla. Okay. So which, yes.
0: Sorry, I have a question for you. Uh, how many things would you have underlined? Do you think like how many phrases oh, how many, or things do you remember that you were like, Oh, I would have underlined that? that or I should go get the book and underline it. And then you just didn't,
1: um, but the charts are like super cool. And he had to kind of like explain them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited to look at those. I probably wouldn't have highlighted those cause they're charts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to highlight a couple aspects, but probably, um, probably like 60 things. Probably would have had like 60 underlines. Um, Wow. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of really good stuff in here, and it was all simple. Uh huh. Um, nothing was like mind-blowingly complicated. It was a little bit more so listening to it when he's talking about percentages and stuff, and it'd uh-huh. be a lot easier to like look at the percentages than like hear them. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, it was. It was like everything was was really simple. So it's like it's one of those. Oh, it's so simple. Why didn't I think of that underlying kind of moment? So gotcha. there would there have been a lot of those. Cool. Um, also how many notes within the margin, zero again. Um, but you know, as we, as we mentioned, (laughs) uh, takeaways, uh, my first takeaway is I need to read the toilet paper entrepreneur. Uh,
0: (laughs) That was very similar to my takeaway from clockwork, which was I need to read profit first, which uh,
1: you bought and here it is. And And now you've read it. Now I've read it. And now
0: I feel like I don't have to read it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you should still read it. It's a good read. Um, yeah, that I should be the toilet paper entrepreneur because he talks a lot about, you know, so in this he's talking about how to take your existing business or when you do make a business, um, how to break up the finances in a way that's really simple, that plays well into your your psychology as a human and the way that you make decisions. Um, all of it really good. But then he's like, and if you need to figure out how to create a business, be the toilet paper entrepreneur. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go do that. Yeah, so, maybe
0: we should. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and... So with surviving, thrive, private first, and toilet paper entrepreneur, I'm going to be like so good at having ideas and knowing what to do. But then, you know, the, obviously, then, it takes a long time to figure out what problem you actually want to solve and you know, create yeah, a business, have to execute a good, it. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> uh, second takeaway is make the business profitable from day one. Um, and he talked, I talked about it last week, he talks a lot about. Um, growth versus profit and a lot of companies think that you need to be all growth and then eventually be profitable like Spotify um, still isn't profitable which kind of blows my mind mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he's like make it profitable from day one and then the growth will follow um, and you won't be super stressed about where the money's going to come from and how much debt you have and all of this stuff um, which was really cool and re- again one of those things that's pretty simple you're like yeah of course but when he talks about it you're like oh yeah I can see why I might not be doing that if he hadn't told me Right. That I should. So um, that was really good. Um, I said a business should not be a financial burden. Right. Okay. Similar. It's on. It's on a similar path to that. But like, a lot of people are like, Oh man, I just gotta, I gotta pour my blood, sweat, and tears into my business, and and if I don't take a paycheck, so be it. Right. He's like, No, 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 no. Like, take your paycheck. Give yourself, you know, what you deserve. because, um, like, like yes, we we want to be Working in the business, but we also want it to serve us. Like mm-hmm. we want a business um, in large part because we want financial freedom. Usually, right? Right. Um, is, is usually a big factor. But also, we want to be able to serve people. Um, and so like those things become less satisfying if we're if it's a burden. So we right. don't want it to be a burden. We want it to be a joy. And profit first is kind of like a, a way to a way to make that happen, which is really really cool. So I'm just like really excited. Um. Uh, fourth takeaway: Acknowledge that I am not psych- not psychologically psychologically perfect. Oh man, I can't even read my own slides here. <laughs> uh, acknowledge that I'm not psychologically perfect uh, when it comes to money and work. Uh, when it comes to money, and that I should work accordingly. Man, I did not I did not phrase that well. I I apologize.
0: You, you okay? To so, my wife, well, who is a
1: copywriter. Um, that's okay. Yeah. I
0: say things wrong all the time.
1: That's okay. Basically. Uh, I'm human. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I should understand that, you know, looking at the ideal financial picture and all of the fancy, super advanced spreadsheets and stuff, I'm just probably not really going to take the time to like understand that. He talks about that a lot. He's like, we look at bank accounts, see how much cash we have. And then we go, ah, or we go, oh, I'm good. I can spend a lot of money. Uh-huh. Right? He says, Phew. so understand like the system works within that. Um, so I said, IE, like as an example, know that humans judge success by the money in the bank. Um, Yeah. So looking at that rather than all of the advanced, um,
0: yeah, I, I've been thinking as you've been talking about profit first, Mm -hmm. that it really meshes well with what we've been learning, reading, I will teach you to be rich. Mm -hmm. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. He's like, and you should also use the system in your personal finances. And I was like, sorry, Rameet, Rameet said he already, Rameet said he already got us all hooked up with his his system so (laughs) sorry mike all right um fifth takeaway we're almost we're almost done allocate your budgeting categories based on mike's cool spreadsheet with all the percentages and stuff that i was talking about um and make your expenses fit to your budget not the other way around um so that was a that was one of the the really big things that is again simple once you think about it but also you you might not do naturally Um, Mm -hmm. so it's like figure out what percentage you should allocate to expenses and then figure out how to make your expenses fit within that Rather than like, oh, I need this and I need this and I need this. And soon, like all of your business, all of your money, your revenue is going to that. Yeah. To those expenses that you probably don't need if you, you, know, you come <laughs> back. So I was like, oh, that's really good. And then lastly, Mike might be an, uh, an author and a s- successful entrepreneur, but he is informal and funny. Um, that's fun. Which I was like not really expecting going into this book. Oh. Um, but uh, was definitely uh, very fun. Uh, to read Yeah,
0: I think that's my bad because clockwork was pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, And whereas you knew I was enjoying myself reading I Will Teach You to Be Rich and some of the other books I was reading, you didn't really, I think because I was just like, oh, this is so good. I didn't really even talk about how entertaining it was too. How funny it was, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, exactly. Did I enjoy it? Um, We'll see if this comes across well. Um, On a scale from bankrupt to multimillionaire, Mm -hmm. this book is Financial Freedom.
0: Okay, so that's like, is that like a, But if that was like one to ten, would that be like a seven or eight?
1: Well, I keep trying to subvert. You,
0: you, you keep trying to create a scale and then being like, it surpasses the scale.
1: <laughs> well, this isn't really surpassing it because multimillionaire is pretty nice. Right? Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like multimillionaire and financial freedom, like, yeah, that, but those he are does, the same thing. Well, but he does. you don't have to have multimillion.
1: He does talk about how just because you're multimillionaire doesn't mean you're actually profitable. Oh wow! Yeah, and you give some some examples about that. It's it's uh, it's pretty cool to think about. So, it's really good, and uh, I will try to have a more. I would try to actually make my thing fit my score, fit on the on the line. Um, I'm trying not to grade it on scale of one to ten though.
0: No, no, so, I know. I just I didn't really. It's really good. It sounded like financial freedom. It's like part of that, but you don't have to make as much. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so
1: yes, it's yeah. It's, it's good. True. You did a good job. Okay, thank it was, you. It
0: was me trying to be too literal.
1: All right. Main emotion felt while reading. Oh. Yes. We're a, getting
0: into the emotion.
1: It's a very long one. In awe of the simple effectiveness. So I'm sure that there was a more concise way to say that better. I don't know. But I said in awe of the, of the simple effectiveness, 50%. Okay.
0: Because
1: I didn't. I could have just said awe, but I didn't want to just say awe. In awe of the simple effectiveness. So it was like specifically sp- very focused awe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I said 50%. Uh, entertained 31% cause he was very, very funny and entertained. Inspired 15%. Okay. He also like, man, this is really good. A lot of the book is getting into the nitty gritty, especially towards the end. So I think inspired would have been a little bit higher except that, you know, getting into the weeds. Um,
0: yeah, I felt like pr- clockwork was really practical too, which mm-hmm. I think is, is good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I said touched. You were touched. Touched 4% because he talks about how he lost everything basically. And his nine-year-old came out with her piggy bank and said, it's okay, dad, we're going to make it. Aww. Yeah. So.
0: That's really cute. Yeah.
1: It's very, very, very cute. Aww. Uh, should you read it? If you want to know a really simple yet effective way to budget for a business to, for, for a business to be fulfilled and profitable, then yes. <laughs> um, what will I do now? I'm working on testing out the system with my uh, contract income. Uh, just to kind of get in the habit and test the system out, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. He said nice. he said right now at the I think it was chapter three at the end of chapter three. He's like right now, go open a profit account. And so I did that. Um, and so oh. I have to I have to transfer one percent of all the money I make into that profit account. And at the end of the quarter, I will get half of that to party with. Nice. Yeah. So party. Yep. Just so you know, I don't think I told Julianne that until just now. So we're gonna have a good time <laughs> with the life. You know, however much money that ends up being. (laughs) Um, And that's the end of my slideshow.
0: Wow. Okay. Great. And so that
1: concludes our second segment, which means the podcast is done. Okay. So thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.